There was a time in my life when I would have called myself a Republican or even a conservative. I had an Obama keep the change shirt and a Reagan Bush 84 hat. I listened to Rush Limbaugh. At some point, I started to question where I got these views and if I was being closed-minded by not evaluating my own positions. I realized that people changed their mind, and I was too. At some point after that, most notably during the first Trump election, I took my newfound beliefs to, to heart and passionately disagreed, insulted, or resented my past self in the form of family, friends, and strangers on Facebook. Shout out to my grandfather, Malcolm. Our Facebook debates were infamous to people for a while. But after that, I had a new revelation. What I thought was active activism was anger. What I thought was the right thing had more to do with resentment. I wasn't really trying to change minds and I wasn't really valuing the differences of perspectives that I had with conservatives who I really understood because I knew all their lines. I got rid of Facebook because I realized that social media and most online news sources really enjoy presenting a specific view and making others angry. It's in the algorithm and I was adding to it. The Trump years were so self-righteous felt so good to have a scapegoat for all evil, a representation of a South Star to run from. Someone who had supporters that I could lump together and call bad or wrong. I mean, really, I was looking for an outlet for my frustrations and beliefs. That's when I started to realize that most liberals, most conservatives, and most people who discuss politics due to their strongly held beliefs have a real problem with nuance. That's how ide ideologies work. That's how oppositional politics work. Hell, it's probably a result of the two-party system. Either way, there aren't two sides to anything. There's a natural knot at oneness to the world. Everything's deeply interconnected and deeply divided. The political version of this is called democracy, and I've grown to appreciate the balance and counterbalance at play in our knot at oneness. My views shifted yet again later in life. I started to feel that this left-right nonsense is all a big distraction from a top-down fight that no one wants us to talk about. Woke culture, cancel culture, and liberals, yikes, like you, we have allowed ourselves to become fundamentalists pushing a purity culture. We aren't based in religious ideology, but it's the same way of saying you're right for behaving this way and saying this, and you're wrong for behaving this way and saying that. This is actually becoming present for many thinkers and regular Joe Rogans out there, but a reactionary posture causes those you oppose to increase their behavior. I don't know how to solve woke culture or purity culture. I think listening to how outsiders view your behavior is one possible solution. When I started this podcast, my hope was that we could bridge political and culture divides, bringing people together, especially if they wanted to fight it out. I don't think that anyone should be canceled or censored. I always said if someone murdered someone, I still might want to see their art because art from a murderer saying something too. Last week, I made the decision to take down a post on our Instagram page that I felt didn't represent what I wanted to put out into the world. More COVID discourse, especially COVID discourse, somewhat intended to anger and incite people on social media. My thought was that a sports podcast doesn't need to be sticking its nose into something that every fucking media outlet online friend is already sick of. I decided the post was not on brand. Agree or disagree, that was my thinking. Maybe what I did was not in the essence of bridging political and culture divides. Maybe I was freaking out because I felt like in some way our Instagram represents me. This podcast represents a diverse set of hosts and viewpoints, and I appreciate every bit of the discourse related to that good and bad. To those I hurt and offended who asked me to say these words, I'm sorry for being a cancel culture woke bitch. I'm sorry for taking down Dr. Emily's post against vaccine mandates. I actually agree with much of what she said. I'm a bitch ass woke liberal. I once said all the unvaccinated could die if that was their personal decision. I was wrong. They'll all die in one way or the other. It might not be a personal decision. 
I once criticized Joe Rogan. Can't remember what I said, but I probably stand by it. His stand-up was good, but not as good as Chappelle. I apologize to any snowflake conservatives that had their feelings hurt when I called them an idiot or outed them to my liberal followers. If you'd like to discuss my actions or apologies further, I'm happy to share my intentions. Welcome to Nothing Matters Sports Podcast, episode 20-something, week whatever. We're done with the NFL playoffs. Putting the apology intro behind. Any, any responses, John or Billy, to, uh, to the apology intro? It's over with. We're done. Nah, just kidding. Hey, you're late, man. Um, Respect the apology. It was well thought out, well written, um, well said, and on to Cincinnati. That was uh, the Joe Rogan of apologies. Very articulated, very well, very very well thought out. I mean, sure, The Rock will be uh, tweeting at you shortly. Hey, hey there. Great job. Oh, 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 because of Rogan apology. Joe Rogan's right? was nine minutes. That was less than nine minutes at least. Hey, yeah, know. for sure. It was pretty close. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually watch Joe Rogan's whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a good one. It was, it was very well thought out. Hey, I loved I loved that the response to the Neil Young thing was, why the fuck does anybody care if Neil Young takes his music off Spotify? Who's listening to it? Seriously. Yeah. I did not know who he was. <laughs> in, that, in that population yeah that's that's a pretty did big not, population did not care thought he looked kind of funny that's all i got uh, yeah i did i know clo was supposed to be coming billy you tried to do a wellness check is clo alive yep he said he's coming shortly still in the same uh okay that we were talking about before he must be paying bills <laughs> in the bathroom yep. yeah makes sense i wonder who he's paying these days with uh the bookies down and I hope we can uh, I hope we can find uh, him so that he can talk about that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, I guess we we should talk about uh, the Tom Brady retirement first, actually, um, after we do some intros. Oh, look, Carlos is coming right in time for intros. We'll uh, get him in here. D- Billy, did you want to go ahead and do your intro? Uh, was I supposed to have a sponsor? Or was yeah, to have if you have one for this week, I don't know if you could find anyone that would sponsor you the way you go around running your mouth around town. Yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna keep it I'm gonna keep it uh, calm, cool. I'm not gonna say much. Hello, everybody. <laughs> wow, um, I don't have a sponsor, but I'm I'm watching this commercial of an Arby's French dip. Oh, I saw that commercial yesterday. Like, Did it remind you of Hope's a lot? Of, it's a lot. What what is the sauce that you dip in a French dip? <laughs> Yeah, it's French dip. What what is a French dip consist of? Oh, I think it's uh like a sort of like onion and meat gravy. Oh, uh, well. Yeah. Hey, well they they had the sandwich dipping in and it was splashing everywhere. I don't know if that is what makes it taste better or if that was just for effect. But hey, Arby's French dip. It is not a sponsor. I am just. Curious about what the sauce is. When that commercial um, came on during college basketball I'd... yesterday, my friend asked an important question: uh, Who's still eating Arby's? Who has anybody here had Arby's in the last five, six years? My last yeah. Arby's was 2019. <laughs> yeah. you, why do you remember it specifically for any reason? I just it, it was right next to a Chick Fil A, and the line for Chick Fil A was excessively long, and I did not have the faith that it would move faster. And um, I, I was wrong. Chick Fil A's line. 
it's it blows, dude. They are determined to keep it moving, and no matter how long it is, they, they yeah, they, they know what to do and and how to um, how to get people processed through. One of our listeners so, um, asked me, Josh, Chick Fil A. Sorry, I didn't wait, and sorry I went to Arby's, but that was the last time I went to Arby's. One of our listeners, Aspen, used to work the drive-through line at the Chick Fil A on Mopac here in Austin. And they competed against the other Chick-fil-A's for who could move the most people through in an hour. And I believe they were or, or in, in some determined amount of time. I believe that they moved 93 to 105 people through that line in one hour. And her team was beating the other teams out. Hey, impressive. I wonder so that, how they like track. No, track hold, on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to listen as the resident fat guy on the podcast. First, a couple of things. I'm not going to stand for the uh, Arby slander because Arby's fries are elite. They also have the best club sandwich of all the major chains on the market. So let's get that off. Have you had the French dip? That's what we're talking about. No, 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 not there. Not at, not at all at Arby's. But in France, do they just call it a dip? Yeah, they do. And it's uh, a, the sauce has like a fucking weird fried, Bolognese, Bourbonese, some, some weird fucking shit, but it's awesome. It actually is very delicious. Doesn't matter. Now to go back to the point where you what you were talking about, where Chick-fil-A uh, excels on getting people across the line is because they don't give you too many options, right? Unlike McDonald's that has fucking 20, 25 menu items and you have assholes making all sorts of combinations, I think Chick-fil-A has maybe six or seven like actual menu items that you can order. So it's easier to like uh, I don't know, line that or uh, what is it? Uh, fuck, I forgot the, the word for that. But you just assembly line the shit and you just have it ready. When people order it here, grab one, grab one here, the fries, here's your drink, fuck off. Whereas with uh, like McDonald's and all these places, oh, let me get a cheeseburger, I want light onions, blah, blah, blah. This habit your way customization, American way of doing business is inefficient is what I'm trying to say. But you I, like I the agree, and that's why I don't, I don't make those. I don't. Yeah, I don't make special requests like that. I do think it's excessive, and I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's just been my thing to not be picky um, about not this vegetable on there, or that, and just take it how it is. And I think I, that that does play into the fact of hey, we will probably process your order faster if you just order shit the way it comes instead of the habit your way concepts. So I do agree with that in a sense. The Burger King kind of might have ruined that for a lot of people with their with their um, branding of that uh, concept is there any restaurant that you like to go to any any place where you actually do have a complicated order for a specific reason um no actually um yeah oh my god um ale house the the mm-hmm. something about the, the i think when you do the zingers i think sometimes i do like a sauce on the side ah, yeah that, that that that's one instance Actually, there's a Mexican restaurant. They make like a nice bowl um, with, you know, it's like kind of like a, like a, like a fajita bowl. And I'll have the queso on the side. Uh, and just because I know that they'll smell that shit it. on there like yeah. crazy and it'll be too much queso. So it's basically my way of still getting the queso and putting in the right portion amount. So th- there are situations, but that's a restaurant, not in like the fucking fast food line. Like, <laughs> trying to be picky. Also about with a bowl, pickles and onions with a bowl. I mean, like saying you want the dressing on the sides, not that picky. Like that's pretty. Normal. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably easier if anything. So yeah. For presentation uh, purposes. Although so, yeah. you're a stronger man than me. I've never said too much queso in my whole life. That's definitely my weakness food group. So hey, I'm going to you guys with, with an obscure one, right? 
So have you ever had the, what, what conceptually in many Asian fusion restaurants, they call uh, firecracker shrimp or bang bang shrimp at, uh, what is it, bonefish grill? So you could actually ask them to double, double fry your bang bang shrimp. And that's actually the greatest thing on God's earth, but it's also very bad for your cholesterol levels. Like you're going to walk out feeling 10 pounds heavier, but it's going to be good going down. How many drinks do you need to finish it? Uh, no, you can get it. You can probably get it down to regular, whatever their, their size drinks are, whether it's iced tea or Coke. Don't get uh fucking beer when you're doing that. Cause beer is just going to bloat you and it's, you're just going to be a sweaty mess. <laughs> Thanks, Claude. Yes, agree. Uh, There's, there are can, types of beer you avoid, especially the heavy ones. Can we get a Hello Pours and your sponsor? Hello Pours. Sorry about that. It's just that I couldn't, I couldn't stand for the RB slander off rip like that. But uh, sponsors today, uh, Gemini, because... Uh-oh. Like a, what? No, don't, don't, I'm just excited. No, 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 I'm excited. No, no, no. Uh-oh. It's a big deal. Jim and I so, big deal. Uh, unlike uh, us with lesser fortitude, we actually buy the dip. So we were accumulating, you know, extra, extra ether at the 2000s, at the 2100s, and up to the 2200s. And we're back up, baby. It's looking good. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm going to maybe try to do a flip as well. I, I don't know what I can do. You think it's going to dip back down? I think it'll probably dip back down. Uh, yeah, I think we'll probably see 24, 23, 24 levels retested again. Yeah, I think I should just sell this now and get back in. I got to ride the dips to get back up, I think. Uh, yeah, Carlos and I also hopefully getting involved in a noun cats project tonight. Uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes here after we hop off the podcast, but, uh, we're in the discord. I've now joined discord, not my sponsor this week though. Uh, Carlos, did you get to finish on the Gemini thing? Did you have another sponsor? No, no, no other sponsors, but also about discord because I got like their private equity. These tech valuations, Discord wants $180 a share pre-IPO. Your product is a glorified chat like Slack with like funny fucking stickers for comments. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, I don't love Discord. Uh, it, I like the people and the conversations in it. They're unique and different sometimes and it's used in a different way. But uh, so far, I really can't stand it and I'm getting a lot of notifications. Yeah. Oh, no. You're going to get spammed to death. Exactly. Uh, People are trying to get me in everything. Camera, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, I'll just, I don't know what to respond. Tiger dick pic for all of them. I wonder if I can make that my profile photo. Uh, my sponsor this week is the victim card. The victim card is great. You can play it, you know, when anything happens, you can just say that something wrong is happening to you and that the other person is doing it. And then you can get out free or in the case of, of, you know, uh, our listener that wrote in that got cheated on, you could, you know, for example, say, Oh, I'm just, you know, having a really hard time. I got cheated on. So shouts out to the victim card. I guess it's useful sometimes for some people. Uh, and also shout out to ideological politics. When we commit ourselves to ideology, we become rigid on our mindset and it causes problems in friendships. Billy, uh, did you have a sponsor yet? Are you done? I think we finished intros. No, man, I don't have a sponsor. I am drinking. Um, here we go. 
bubbly coconut pineapple. Someone left it in my fridge. Uh, so, is that like a champagne? Bubbly coconut pineapple. Oh, it's a seltzer. Okay, like an alcoholic one. Nah, I don't drink. Just send out a group text and include the people. Hey, I know why you left your bubbly pineapple. Is it like real coconutty? Yeah, it's pretty coconutty. Got a little. Yikes. Okay, I'm drinking Health Aid Kombucha. It's the cayenne cleanse one. I really like the cayenne cleanse. I'm into cayenne and ginger kombucha, basically. Uh, you drank that before Space Camp. Ah, good point. I had good. to plug a little Space for Camp the guy. reference for you guys. I didn't even a remember minute. that. I, Billy's memory is super sharp. Um, okay. As good as John. Let's, uh, let's, before we, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do the mailbag here. Uh, I, am curious to get y'all's insight here for our listener. Uh, mailbag is what we do. Listeners write in, you can write in. We don't have an Instagram anymore. We probably don't have a Twitter. So you've got to text it to us or send it by snail mail. Uh, maybe just scream it into the void. Um, yeah, this listener here actually delivered it by hand. Uh, so yeah, I want to get everyone's advice here for the mailbag. Dear Nothing Matters Sports Podcast, my friend group is falling apart due to differences in political and COVID beliefs. There's so much anger and resentment in the air based on ideologies and politics and people telling others what is right and wrong. Should I leave my friendship behind? What will make this better? I say no. I say let it ride. Nothing matters and... Has anybody, well, has anybody else experienced this? I know like my friend group had a big falling out last year surrounding like, oh, right right when the vaccines were happening, it was like, who are the vaccinated and the unvaccinated ones? And some of them got mad at each other and they stopped hanging out for a while. I think it probably took them like six to nine months to probably like kind of get back and they're seeing each other more now, but there's still some like tension that's trying to be resolved with some of them. I don't know. Have any of you guys seen that? Yeah, look, it's I'm going to I'm going to fuck and it's going to suck, but I don't really have the time to deal with fucking people who are emotional cripples. Right. If something like that, like petty like that is setting you off, uh, I probably like will ignore you No, And I'm saying like a lot. Fuck. I hate when I do that. So here. here OK, my advice to you, listener. Do you actually care about having this person in your life long enough where you are open to ignoring what is shitty behavior on his part? Because if you are, well, then, yeah, you have to keep making or attempting to to mend that bridge. If you don't have the time for it, move the fuck on, dude, because a lot of people... Look, the, the way I judge it is, are people adding value to your life? And by value, I don't necessarily mean money. It can be entertainment. It can be fun. It can be companionship, whatever the fuck. If they're adding value to your life, cool, work on it. If they're not, move the fuck on. Life is too short. I almost died seven months ago. It's a fucking stunning level of clarity I have with these people. Oh, good good advice. Maybe there, Chloe. I like the way you balance it, kind of look at it. You know, something I've been listening to podcasts this week on uh, that 
that uh, this listener might like to know is, you know, forgiveness is a continual process. You, you forgive people all the time, the people who are around you. We have to be patient with each other. We have to be gracious with each other. And um, sometimes forgiveness, uh, you know, the process can can work different ways. But, uh, you know, some sometimes forgiveness is a thing that you kind of have to do for yourself. Cause if you hold those things against your friends too much, it's definitely going to cause division in the relationship. And, you know, forgiveness just seems to look different in, uh, in different contexts in different ways. I'm sure, uh, our listener who wrote in with the cheating issue a few weeks back, I'm sure that forgiveness is, is going to be vital in that situation too. So, uh, that's my two cents, Billy. Yo, I actually just got my booster yesterday. I've been pretty fucked up today. Um, just very exhausted. My arm's still sore as shit. Honestly, I don't get it. I think everyone's super. Uh, everyone's such a hypocrite when it comes to COVID. I have big friends that are super. You know, you have to get vaccinated. You have to have a mask. Yet, like they're they're coming in with us when we're going into restaurants, and I don't know what the fuck we're doing on our own time, or they know I'm going to a bunch of concerts or whatnot. Um, obviously, you have to respect everyone's decision, but I don't know not worth holding on grudges just yeah work well yeah well, here's the thing too it's um you see what's going on in like california where like you know they're hosting the super bowl they're not making any changes they're gonna let everyone in it's gonna be a full stadium and governor's there with the celebrities in the box and they're making the kids like and wear like masks and stuff in the schools and still do all stuff so what i've learned is that over time whether no matter what your stance is we're all playing at this game while they just kind of watch over us, you know, fighting amongst ourselves. And they, they want that. And, and in my opinion, I'm like, look, if I disagree with someone, I just, you know, say, hey, doesn't matter what I say. doesn't matter what I do. The people believe what they believe. Nothing's going to change it. Um, I have a formulated opinion of them. But at the same time, you know, it, it's it, for me personally, picking backing up of Kolo, um, the energy of spending it on, you know, being upset about it or getting mad at the person. For me personally, everyone's different. For me, it's not worth it because um, I agree that life is too short to care about these things because, you know, you start arguing and bickering over something that, hey, it might or might not actually affect your lifestyle and how you live. Um, I, I actually have to go in and still wear a mask and work every day and do all these things. Um that you know i hate doing but it's part of you know the lifestyle i have to live you know i'm, I'm not at the end of the day, i know i'm not a die on the hill type of person so it's not for me to say hey this is how you should live your life and it's it's this way or that way um i i disagree strongly with how people view things i disagree with um most of the you know what would kind of favor liberal ideology when it comes to that stuff but at the end of the day um not to the point for me personally where I want to waste my energy being so mad about it because that does, you know, e even if it's not conscious, it subconsciously sucks the energy out of you, or, or at least for me, it would. So I know, think it's not worth it in that sense. I mean, there's so much stuff to be frustrated about in the world. I mean, you could definitely find things and just keep going and going. But, you know, I think with this, with these situations, like at least in my friend groups, when it's happened, it's like sometimes people got to get a little space sometimes. And I guess some of them, it took longer and it 
some of them maybe that needed to happen maybe there needed to be something in the friendship that happened that uh produced forward progress or or some kind of change so if you're uh i'm sure listeners have dealt with this in their lives too it uh could be a sensitive subject so we're gonna we're gonna move right along i am curious though billy did you mix and match with your vaxes or are you straight one type no i went moderna for this, God, that's uh, such a good call if you have to do it if you're gonna do it do it with moderna Efficacy levels are higher in some tests somewhere. Okay. Woo. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's move on to a topic that you know could could be angering for some people. I think there's some opinions that we've got on the podcast about this too. Uh, Tom Brady retirement. Um, you know, obviously Tom Brady. I mean, I think it's like he spent 49 percent of his life thus far in the NFL, and uh, you know, obviously was huge for me, watched him, you know, most of my formative football years from like 10 to, you know, 30 now. And, uh, you know, I just feel like the game won't be the same. He left a mark on it. Awesome to see what he did. I mean, man in the arena, go watch man in the arena. Uh, it's just really been a second level look at, at his whole career and, you know, his mentality and mindset there and hearing from the people around him is just added to the story. So, um, I like that he did it on his terms. I like that he retired, uh, and, uh, did, you know, he's got his reasons. Um, but, uh, I'm sure he's right. Maybe, it, maybe he wouldn't have been a hundred percent there mentally, uh, with where he wants to be with his family gave us a, a lot of years and great, great games. So, um, now, uh, anybody else have words they want to share before we talk about the controversy about this? No, I'm just very thankful. Uh, thankful for the last two years. It was fun to watch. It was fun to care about Bucks football again and actually feel like it was important. Um, yeah, when he came and we had two years and I said, hey, we have two years. Uh, you know, that was the original contract to, to win at least one Super Bowl or at least be in that conversation to compete. And he did it in year one and it was fun in year two. And uh, like I said, it, it, it's funny because you don't appreciate him until, you, you know, what I did the other a couple of weeks ago is I, I randomly like saw a suggested highlight of Jameis his game, Jameis played a game with the Bucs against the Panthers in London where he had five or six interceptions. And until you watch that type of a highlight, you don't actually – I mean, you could watch Tom being great and take it for granted, but then you watch the quarterback you had before and how, you know, that, like he literally turned the ball over six times and you're just like, wow. I mean, we went from that to, you know, playing in the playoffs and playing for Super Bowl. It was fun to see. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely enjoyed the last two years. Did you feel like the offense changed quite a bit? Like, I mean, Arians used to be known for like just lobbing balls out there and that, that kind of coincided with Jameis, his tendency to be kind of a gunslinger in that way too. And maybe his vision issues. I don't know when he, he well, got the LASIK. It, cha- it the changed. It, it did change. Yeah, I, I do think so. And it, I think it changed because Brady had more command of knowing what he wanted um, and kind of meshing what he was good at and his strengths with that down the field type because he had the weapons right. that could do that. He had, I mean, you know, it's funny. He, you look at the touchdown passes thrown to one player um, in his years in New England and his years in Tampa. Mike Evans in two years actually ended up third highest on that list, um, right behind Gronk and Edelman. I think he passed Welker towards the end um, with like 32 touchdowns in, the, in the, those games they played in the regular season. So it just shows you that, you know, we had weapons that, you know, he could attack down the field and do that stuff with while also, you know, knowing that he had that experience to get rid of the ball, miss accurately, check it down, and, and just take the smart plays. You know, you appreciate a guy like that more when, you, when you've when seen what you've seen in your team. And, hey, we, 
deserving or not of him, it, it was cool that he came and it was cool what he did. So, you know, I, on- I wasn't even upset. I wasn't even upset when he retired. I was like, hey, good for him. He, he yeah, he's given us two years compared to the last 18 I've seen. And it was awesome. So uh, anybody on your quarterback wish list? Um, no, obviously you want you want the you want the big names and they're gonna float those out there, but the math has to add up with contracts. Uh, personally, it sounds effed up. I'm ready to see what Kyle Trask can do oh. if it's this year or the year after. If we need to use a bridge quarterback, we spent a second round pick on him. And look, I mean, when we could have had a backup O line man and some depth in the defensive line, and we took Kyle Trask, and you know, obviously that ended up being a factor this year with our injuries. I kind of want to see what this dude can do, but. I understand you might not be ready this year. We'll probably have a bridge. And I mean, hey, I was watching some of his highlights today, just you know, kind of just for fun. And he had some he had some good games in Florida, but I discount all the Kyle Pitts throws. I would watch him just throw up the Kyle Pitts and triple coverage and he would come down with it because he was just so fucking good and massive and com- compared to the talent he was playing against. So you discount the Kyle Pitts throws, but he he has a nice touch and a feel in the pocket. Um, but yeah, there's options and we'll see what we do. It, it'll obviously be a step back, but a bad division, a competitive roster. You can still see if we could we could do some stuff. Would Jameis be the worst case scenario for you, or is there someone worse? I just don't see it happening. I'm not against Jameis. Because look, he was playing. <laughs> he was playing. <laughs> yeah, compared. Yeah, put it on the two scale. Where's Jameis on that? Um, but yeah, he he was having a decent year with New Orleans. He hadn't actually turned the ball over that much, and um, the way Peyton kind of structured things was to you know maximize his strengths and minimize his weaknesses. I just don't know if that's a reunion that makes sense, but hey, he's he's good in the locker room, and the community loves him too for all the stuff he did when he was there. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. Obviously, as an FSU guy, you still want to see the guy do well, but um, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's better options, and I think you got to exhaust some of those before you just go go back to Jameis. So we'll see we'll see what we end up doing. Like I said, I like I like the thought of Trask. Maybe not this year, but next year, and you take a bridge year to him and see what you got. The only problem is I think that we have to maximize some of this talent that we have right now because there's still at least, I think, one or two years left on some of these guys. So, uh, Deshaun Watson? I mean, yeah, like I said, all these sound good, but can Watson play? Can you, can you um, make the financials work with the Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson if you somehow pulled off a trade? How much do you have to give up for him? Like, all these things I are in think play, it's and good. that's why – People want – I got to think it's a good team setup for somebody to come into. It is. And, and the only thing that matters is can you get Goblin back and you, can, you, can you bring back the O-line entirely with um, Ryan Jensen at least. You're going to lose the right guard, but he's replaceable. We replaced him on the Super Bowl run. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Ryan Jensen being back would be huge. And then Chris Goblin. So, for a quarterback situation, it's great. We have defensive stuff we've got to fill too. But, again, it's not a bad situation. It's, it's going to take a step back, but – if you get the right quarterback, you can probably still be competitive. The NFC is wide open with who knows what's going to happen in Green Bay. And then there's some there's a lot of weak divisions too. So to be continued, but yeah, like I said, it's going to, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a different team for sure. And coming into the controversy here, Patriots fans, very unhappy that they were not specifically mentioned in his retirement statement the other day. Exactly. John, go ahead. No, um, I thought it was – You look, look, you, you touched on it earlier. Man in the arena. So they're worried about, you know, how Brady didn't acknowledge them in like nine paragraphs. I'm like, he made nine episodes for an hour about how much he loved what he did in New England for all those Super Bowl runs. And even like towards the end, 
when, you know, it was the years that they banned his trainer, Guerrero, from the sideline. Him and Belichick were apparently kind of a little bit of odd, at odds. He still showed, like, a ton of respect and said, hey, you know, like, I played for the greatest organization ever with the ownership and from the coaches, fans, players. Like, he and he did that during a season and released the episodes while he was playing for the Bucks. So, I don't know how much more of a cock sucking they want from him, but he gave him three slots. He gave him, he gave him a nice, you know, goodbye when he left them in 2020. I don't know. It's just, it seems like, you know, it's like the entitlement of Pats fans in Boston. Boston yeah, sports. The, the entitlement, wrote like three. Oh, the entitlement of the Boston sports fan is so high. Fucking believable, dude. This is a, this is literally a team that, and, and this is to go back to that. Look, I am the same way. A lot of, people who like offensive boxing hate watched Floyd Mayweather and made him rich. I hate watched Tom Brady and became poorer betting against Tom Brady. I'm actually happy Tom Brady's retiring because my, like my gambling win percentage should theoretically go up a lot, but uh, we'll, we'll touch on why my gambling overall is going away. Thanks Luke. Um, <laughs> later on, but Theoretically, I should be making more money with this guy retiring, but I, but I, I won't be. But that's that's not like let's just I'm going to put all that aside and say thank you, Tom Brady, because it's it's not often that you realize that you're in the good years. And I saw the goat. Right. Because I, I look, I always show Dan Marino because I'm I'm a, I'm a Dolphins fan. But Tom Brady really is the fucking goat. I'm going to declare it here. No more. You're not, I'm not going to tell you guys that, that uh, Marino would have won 12 Super Bowls in those in those Patriot teams, although he probably would have. Um, let's put that off to the side. In general, the way that dude basically willed his team to victories is fucking undeniable and also something that we – I wish I could have a, a, an impact on a city, on a team, on a fr- – on whatever the fuck I was interested in having an impact on, right? As much as Tom Brady did on that entire fucking shithole of a city, a shithole of a franchise, with who used to be basement dwellers when I started watching football, and he turned and he turned them in Ronald, shut the fuck up. And he turned them into perennial champions. <laughs> Close like, I'm just about to finish my rant. Don't start barking now. I know. It was the first time he was saying nice things about Tom Brady, and he's like, God, don't fucking ruin this for me. <laughs> fucking dog. Fuck you. Uh, Billy, any Brady thoughts? No, nah, I just respect his, his uh, grind. Really, you know, it's honorable that he's like, look, he can still play at a high level and not give 100%. Like, he can go to the Niners or go to another team, but he's like, look, if I'm not going to fucking, you know, put in 100%, then not worth it so you got to respect that um it's cool that we got to watch the goat in our lifetime um that's something cool to say Um, it's yeah you know i did think about that too billy it's like you hear all these stories about bill russell and like all these other athletes like babe ruth and um hank aaron and all these guys that you just see like these black and white highlights that look like shit and people are telling you how awesome they were how awesome they were and you're like i can't tell like i'm watching just this fucking, you know, redacted long time ago. Like, it, it, the quality's terrible. But, you know, now you can actually say, hey, wow, I remember that Super Bowl. I remember that one and that one. And, you know, it's the coolest thing about Brady, too. Um, what I was going to say is how he owned the losses and how he used that. Um, I, I think how he, how he responded to the 10 years of not having won and then how he came back and, and was able to, to deliver the next four that he won after that. 
Um, it's like, I don't know if he tears his AC or doesn't tear his ACL. If, um, if that happens, cause I think all that stuff yeah. that happened with the giants losses and then the, then the, then the torn ACL really kind of, I mean, obviously he had the crazy luck with the Butler interception and the Seahawks <laughs> and then, um, the crazy, and, and then the stuff that he had control of with the 28 to three and, you know, coming to a, a, a good Bucks team that, that, or that he elevated with, with his play too, but. It is crazy because you don't get to say that I saw the goat. You know, even MJ, we didn't get to see. I mean, I maybe Clo has a little bit of memory I saw a of that. Bit. But, I know, saw the like last championship game. I got to see him hit the the game against Utah, but not not enough. Yeah, yeah. Just we got to see the whole whole thing, man. Ninety three to ninety eight, MJ. Fuck. Man. Yeah. 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 Like I'm saying, I wish I could see those. So it's it's cool that we got to see the Brady stuff at least. You know, whether he, and you know, it's funny because I didn't, I didn't take him going to the Bucks for me to start liking him. I think, you know, I was so like cheering against him all the time. And then he won that 28 to three comeback. And, you know, from there, you're like, I can't even hate this guy. I mean, I can hate him all I want. It doesn't fucking matter. He's going to keep doing what he does. So I, I was a Patriots know, it's, it's fan. All that matters the I was a Patriots fan for years, ever since the 2001 Super Bowl. Like, Ramon hated it so much when I met him because I was I was a Patriots fan. He's like, you're from Texas. You can't be a Patriots fan. I'm like, that's a team I like watching every week. I don't know what to do. They've got the best coach and the best quarterback. It's pretty likable. But that was probably my worst sports affiliation move ever because, you know, they were good the whole time. Next, Tom Brady. That's an incredible run either way. Next, Tom Brady is is uh, probably Joe Burrow. Um, I would say he resembles him. It's so it's so fucking early. You can't tell what's going to happen. But hey, early returns are good and good for Joe. Like I guess uh, I feel like the Rogers generation. The Herbert Hill. You're still tying on the Herbert Hill. He's got to get yeah. out of San Diego then. <laughs> Look, he's, that's that's actually you know it's funny you fucking say that because I'm I'm actually here thinking. Oh my God! What if this guy is Philip Rivers again? And the fucking <laughs> spent seventeen years in San Diego, just banging his head against the wall, having oh seven kids, yeah. eight that's kids. Why, yeah, that's why he had to have all the kids, right? Yeah. He's like losing his mind, just being so like well, average and getting to the the point, and then losing. Yeah, He's like does my life even Hopefully matter? Not. I'll prove it eight he, times. He does. He doesn't have that weird throwing motion at least. So he's got that much going for him because. Man, that Philip Rivers was. Uh, it's not the throw you want to emulate when you're trying to, you know, work on technique. Like I don't know, I don't know how this ball even travels that far. It looks like a <laughs> yeah, like a slingshotty noodle arm. I, yeah, I, I could never make sense of it. Uh, good segue here. I mean, Joe Burrow. I mean, the comeback they had was pretty amazing in that game. Um, well, anybody else thoughts on the Bengals game there? No, nah, I stopped watching in the first half. I just saw it, one it play. Was, yeah, exactly. Look, it was actually was ridiculous. Beast. Go ahead, Bill. No, I just saw one T. Higgins grab. I was like, that guy's a fucking monster. Pretty much iced the game. It's just a dirty grab for first down. I was like, yeah. Yeah, he was hitting T. Higgins late because they were on chase hard most of the game. But, I mean, you can't stop it. Joe Mixon, you know, they got three good receivers in the tight end. And when Burroughs, like, I mean, he's – I mean, I think he had the best throwing year in the NFL this year. Um, I think he led in a lot of the interesting statistical categories, had the most points added per play of any thrower, like, and he was moving the ball down the field too. And I think he had one of the worst O lines too. I think his offensive line was one of the worst in the NFL. Oh, he got um, sacked a ton. He He was was, like, yeah, yeah, like 19 sacks in the playoffs or something like that. 
You know what's funny? Hey, good for him on that sense, too. I was actually watching the game, and then the Chiefs go up double digits, and everybody's already – We'll say, well, game buying game tickets game. in the buying tickets in the stadium. They're like getting yeah. on the Wi-Fi buying plane tickets. So uh, they hit a what's it called? He hits Samarji Perine for that little like bubble pass touchdown, which is beautifully set up, by the way. And I'm like, oh, it's pronounced Perine. Whatever. Oh fuck off. He's an OU kid. So uh, two OU he, backs. They have two OU backs back there. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> And, and one of them, one of them's actually excel, excels at beating his – he's better at beating his women more than uh, an NFL running back, right? Well, he's gotten better as a running back since he stopped beating women, so maybe he's applying his violence in the right areas of his life. No, but either way, so he hits – they hit that pass, they hit that touchdown, then all of a sudden the score gets closed. But I'm still at uh, – because I was at this funeral bullshit that I was telling you guys, right? Bullshit. But I'm keeping, <laughs> I'm keeping, bullshit. I'm keeping an eye on, uh, on the game, right? I'm keeping an eye on the game, and I'm like, shit, I may have to watch, like find a way to watch this. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, so I excuse myself by saying that I'm going to go buy food for like – Everyone. The, the, exactly. And then I go off and I just I, I just watch the uh, – basically it was the, fourth, the last six minutes of the fourth quarter. Oh, man, I picked a great time to get away. That is a good time. Yeah, it was amazing. And it's exactly what you said. It, it was T. Higgins. It was uh, Chase. And I forgot who the little guy is. What's the, uh, Boyd? the slot receiver? Boyd. Um, and every fucking pass, dude. Every Like, I was like, who is this? Why is the ghost of Joe Montana, like, here slinging for the fucking Bengals? A box of fucking. Dude, he's got it. He's got he's got like the, just a quarterback, the the, the stud QB vibe, oh, everything about it. Man, yes. he's had it since the cigars so. after the game, you know. No, the energy's good. His outfit walking in. Oh the yeah, drip, bro. So drip. And you he's, knew that if they won, Bleacher Report was going to be like, it was the outfit. Yeah, Joey Burr. Oh my God, swipe left to attend. I think he's one of those. He he's one of those that gets shared on social media a lot, which is, I guess, a little bit different. Like he he does have a slightly different aura and confidence and uh, set of physical talents that Brady really didn't have at the beginning of his career. So you wonder. Well, you, you know, know, it's funny they they were talking shit about the small hands when he got drafted. Yeah. And um, they're like, yeah, I guess that in my head, I'm a lot of things like, oh, yeah, he was great. But he doesn't have small hands. And you know of course, it doesn't matter. Well, you know and what they say, John, small hands. Huge. Small problem. Problem. Hold on. But they're doing that to Kenny Pickett this year. And it's going to be fun because I hope Kenny Pickett drops. Who's and Kenny like, Pickett? Oh, quarterback. Uh, Pittsburgh quarterback. Oh, God. there's no quarterbacks in this draft. No, I like Kenny. I like Kenny Pickett, too. Kenny Pickett, dude. <laughs> I was having yeah. he'd follow the box. Yeah, I mean, we got what twenty-seven. So system yeah, TV. No, no that is that is actually setting up perfectly because everybody's reaching for the, the Malik Willis, the Liberty guy, because of of course they they're falling in love with the prototype body, right? Even though he played against shit competition. Yeah. And if, if Kenny Pickett drops to like the, the exactly what John said to the low twenties, some team's gonna get a steal. You're telling I me that you think could. the Big East what, – what's pitted, the Big East? No, the ACC. <laughs> the ACC. Come on. You think the ACC competition is that much better than what Liberty was playing against? Uh, you need to calm down. I would, I would say yes. <laughs> have, I would say yes. Because you have great defensive backs, dude. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> no, uh, I think, no, I mean, I think uh, Pitt's offense – they ran that go-go. 
uh, offense, which is like a modified version of uh, like a, a triple option or it's like a triple option spread hybrid. And Liberty also runs like a super spread out uh, system. I just feel like I don't I don't love these QBs as like plug and play starters. They're probably going to be backups. I just don't think there's as much QB talent in this draft. To be continued. So the, the Chiefs, hey, maybe, the Chiefs maybe, get maybe destroyed in overtime. The, the Chiefs win the toss and then, you know, can't score. So this is like the second week. It's kind of like redemption for them losing the coin toss. But is the NFL just trying to prove a point by making the team that, the, uh, that, that doesn't win the coin toss win the game? They didn't. They didn't make them do anything. The Chiefs. The the, the Bengals got to stop. The Chiefs. No. Mahomes threw a terrible pass. Yeah, brother. It's I, look. I, I actually. Th- I still. Think it helps their case, winning, but I don't think they made that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Look, winning the toss is still well statistically. It's it's better to have the advantage than than not. Yeah, uh, it's sure. better to have the advantage in a coin. Oh, you mean it's better to win the toss? Yeah, yeah of course it's better to win the toss. You're putting you're putting pressure on the on the the other team, right? So you think we should change overtime rules? No. Okay. They've already changed. They changed them what ten years ago. Yeah. So you're basically you saying just get that a field goal 10 to win. Years, yeah, it's definitely better than that. 100. percent I agree with that. Um, but it's funny because the Chiefs didn't even. They just threw a fucking pick. They didn't even get the chance to take a field goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, ideally, I would like to see college overtime rules from the 50 yard line. But again, I mean, those games could go on forever. So I, I don't 50, know. I think part it? of them. Oh, you want to see it but, from the 50? But remember, the NFL likes to factor in the ties. So the regular season, this wouldn't apply. I'm talking yeah. about more in the um in, in the, the playoffs. playoffs. I think that I agree. I think like a, a modified cool playoff yeah, overtime. But at least I think it would have been awesome to at least see that like that game last week or two weeks ago with Allen and if he could have oh, got a chance. Oh, my goodness, but right. Just, if that's just the situation where you look at it. You're like, oh, we need to change the overtime rules. But then I, you see the Bengals I want it game, changed. and you're like, oh, we don't need to change it. They're fine. So, yeah. F it. Uh, they, 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 hey, the Bengals defended better than the Bills did. They dropped eight. The, the Chiefs didn't know what to fucking do. Like, it's the same thing that other teams have had success with. They the rushed Chiefs three. And, they rushed three and got pressure. Yeah, on rushed him. three, dropped eight. Absolutely rushed three, horrible. Rushed three, dropped eight. Yeah. yeah and, at, you know, honestly, here's my other – I don't know if this is a hot take, but – I'm convinced that Mahomes is not that good in the red zone after what I've seen so far. Most of this year, honestly, like I think he got used to scoring those big bombs and doesn't doesn't have as much red zone savvy uh, to really punch it in. I I mean I just don't know how you can't score with you know the with the weapons that they have and the fact that he could you don't need, it. you don't need him to throw though you could have what they need they don't obviously don't do very well or stay committed to is running the ball. Yeah. Um, there was a game that the Bucks played in Indianapolis where Tom would get the ball down the field in the red zone and Leonard Fournette scored like five touchdowns just running into the one yard line. It's like you should be able to have a simpler offense where the play calling wasn't good. The setup wasn't good either. But yeah, bad decisions at times, too. Yeah. Really it's bad decisions late yeah. in the game. Really bad decisions based off of. You know, the scheme that they had been seeing, not making any, any adjustments to the drop eight. Like, come on. Yeah, uh, but hold on, because those 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 same. I mean, I, I want to say Tyreek and McCole Hardman scored they from like a similar range, right, earlier in the game. So I don't. It's not. You I go mean, back to the same they play. Score, yeah, I agree. They scored three touchdowns within the red zone um, earlier. That they were three different guys too. It was Kelsey Hill. 
and, it was a good um, tackle. And, and Nicole and Nicole Hardman did score. Yeah, it was so. a good tackle on the play too. The guy got over there and got him, but I think that's it was the one good seen play, the play Eli before. Apple made. Yeah. yeah, he dropped yeah, those Eli interceptions. Apple was terrible. Well, that's enough yeah. about that game. Uh, I think was this game uh, probably basically what we expected. It turns out um, maybe it was closer than I thought it would be. My my main thought on the Los Angeles San Francisco game is that Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. He absolutely sucks, and Aaron Rodgers should definitely go play in San Francisco. Well, he pulled the KD then, where you, you lose the team and you keep losing to them in the playoffs, or, yep. and then you just decide to go join them. Yeah. Um, and again, another another Bay Area theme here with the with the Niners and the and the Warriors stealing from the small market. Yeah, True. Green Bay OKC. Um, and yeah, the, and that, that Aaron Rodgers resembles KD the most out of any player. That's you know, so true. His personality Bowl, is similar, too. He's got that, like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, yeah, you, you went through the phase of, man, I love this guy. And then, man, you're like, why, why are we now hyping him up 10 years later? And he's only won one Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It makes sense on paper. I'm just mad about what I lost. I, I could have hedged. Uh, I had the parlay of the Bengals and the, the Niners together just to, uh, in a fuck around money and – Wow, that was two hundred to win two k, and it was I could have had. It was yeah. fucking beautiful. Yeah, I let it ride, and I, 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 I was stubborn. I just said, no, I'm not going to do this. I can, I think the Niners have it. And then that motherfucker drops the pick. The Cooper Cup gets the touchdown. They drive down again, tie it. Jimmy G was awful. They had two straight horrible possessions. Yeah, it I was think it, three. But, I hey, think we'll, three we'll straight to, horrible we'll possessions. Why that's We'll get to why that was the last dance later, but man, I was like, that would have been a nice way to go out um, for the last time. But fuck it, you know. Next time, I guess you, you hedge or, or, yeah. or hey, even letting it ride is fun. It gave me a reason to care about the outcome and to cheer against something. So it is. What Can it I is. say one thing? No. Lala Anthony tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> I remember that. KG to KG to Mello. Really got under his skin. And he wanted to fight. He wanted to smoke after that. Do you think that do you think that do you think that means that it was true? Like he's like, fuck, how do you know that? Uh, that's a good um, thing, he though. might have heard it on the pipe. There's gotta be something to that. KG has said KG was known for it. You know, he would say stuff to uh, Charlie Villanueva had the disease with the um the hair loss and he yeah. told me he looked like a cancer patient. Yeah, and alopecia. he had alopecia. Yeah, I, it might have been alopecia. I, one of the, yeah, it was alopecia or something yeah. related to it. And then, um, so Charlie Villanueva comes out and says, "Yeah, he called me a cancer patient." And then KG's like, "No, I said he was a cancer to his team." It's like we know you didn't say that, dude. I love that. We know you said. We know you said cancer, know you said cancer patient. That's shut the, shut the f up. Bitch. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, we need more hot mics. I need to hear more of the NBA trash talk. That'll hey, be coming up yeah, in our NBA segments. We'll be looking for NBA trash talk out there. Uh, I'm yeah. glad Stafford well, got one. You happy to? What'd you say, John? I was gonna say, um, yeah, the bet, the bet, losing the bet was was upsetting, but hey, you know, it was it was a fun ride to zero. Yeah, and I mean Stafford and uh, and the boys there, they did good. I I think it's really tough to cover Cup for an entire game, and I think that ooh, I'm not I'm not sure. We may be heading to a shootout unless those Rams just absolutely dominate the Bengals O-line, which I think is one of the biggest mismatches out there. Um, we, uh, What do you guys think about the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's that's my fear. I feel like, you know, Burrow's been getting hit all year, and I, I know he's tough and shit, but I'm worried that the Rams are just going to, you know, 
destroyed. It him. is a terrifying matchup, 100%. They absolutely have, have just dominated banged-up O-lines. I mean, the, the, the fucking guards couldn't even protect Murray, and he's a mobile quarterback. The Bucks had injuries on theirs. The Niners had Trent Williams was, was hurt. And, I mean, hey, it, it mattered because in, in those last few drives, they got to Jimmy G and he turned back into, into you know, not clutch Jimmy G and made bad decisions and couldn't get anything done. So it's a it's a very much a worry. But, hey, you know, the Bengals have weapons too. Figure out a way to get creative, get the ball in their hands, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that, that's a mismatch, 100%. Um, yeah, Chloe, what do you think? Bengals or, or Rams? Public has shifted the line. I mean, I hate it, but I, I'd, I'd probably throw down money on the Rams right now just because of the, the weapons mismatch and the, the line mismatch. Um, I'm hoping – I mean, to be honest, who's on who's on the, the, the coaching staff for the Bengals? I don't think we have great schemers there. That yeah, that young dude. He's pretty dude, good. They, he was. I don't he was know. If, I don't know about that. Assistant on the Rams. Yeah, he was a McVeigh yeah, protege. When McVeigh yeah. lost in the Super Bowl, he's probably freaking out. He's not gonna lose again. I don't. I don't think that it's gonna be a scheme issue. I mean, we saw how they adjusted. Um, we saw how they adjusted. I think they're probably gonna try to be more balanced and run the ball more with those running backs to create some of that space and maybe tire out the D line early. Hope they get into a shootout late. I mean, just double cover cup and take your chances with Odell. I mean, he's still going to be, you know, probably good for a big play or two, but um, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think the Bengals have a fighting chance. What's the line out right now. You said it's, it's restricted, but what was it at? Give me a second. I'll, I'll look it up, but I know how it shifted by a point, actually a point and a half. Because of a couple days ago. Uh, because of what? Even betting. betting oh, it's just, just, it's just money, shifting because of where people's went. Yeah, so it's Bengals yeah. plus four and a half. Man, I could, see I, the Rams, I could see the Rams winning by three. I'm going to root for the home. You know, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's a home Super Bowl, but... I would think that the Bengals going into Arrowhead in the AFC title would be more intimidating than going into L.A. to play the Rams. I mean, obviously the stage is bigger, but as far as crowd factor, I think they dealt with the toughest crowd environment already. So, um, yeah, besides the D-line mismatch, I think they, they measure up well with intangibles and being um, a team that, you know, hey, they have talent, both sides of the ball that can compete. But, yeah, I would – I would say I would say three to four would be my number two. I mean, do you think that the Rams win over the Bucks was impressive? Um, it was half impressive. The, the second half was awful. They literally tried to lose the game. I, I was literally watching, just trying to enjoy the last time I was watching Brady and the Bucks this season. I was like, cool. I don't care. We're down twenty-seven to three. Uh, I'm just gonna watch and enjoy it because, hey, fuck it. We won't be on national TV and then the playoffs next year if he's gone and. You know, it's a whole off season of this, whatever. But the way they were, the way they were losing, just the fumbles and the, the snap going over the head after they get a turnover, um, all the stupid shit. It was just, it was, yeah. Jalen getting a, Mike Evans running a streak by Jalen Ramsey. So that part of the game wasn't impressive. But what they did up to that point, I thought was very impressive. And I thought the Bucks had had a poor game plan as well. But 
Um, when the Rams execute, they look really fucking good. It's just sometimes they just yeah. turn into like that that I'm weird just... pumpkin phase where it's like well, and Stafford's arm know, gets off. Stafford's yeah. Stafford's good for like five six bad throws a game. He had a couple, and he did have a couple against the Bucks, and we just didn't pick him off. But um, otherwise, he played a very good game. And you know, against the Niners, he had the pick in the red zone, I think. And um, he had some bad drops. The receivers had some awful drops when the um, they, they missed the field goal and the guy dropped the touchdown where he was running free. Cup dropped one right before. Um, so if you can't take advantage of the mistakes and make them pay, then, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. They're, they're good enough now with Stafford. Line up with, the, Goff, line you, up with, Goff, with Goff, you weren't as afraid. But now with Stafford, they can definitely do stuff a lot more than they were before. So. So Vegas, Vegas Insider is showing that well, the opening line was three and a half, and it's showing 70% of books right now have the line at four and a half. I think I think that I would take the Bengals because I think that Burrow is the better quarterback. I think that the Bengals have the better run game. And I do think that they've beaten better teams to get here. Now, did they use everything in the playbook or lose everything in the tank to get here? I don't really know. I don't think the Rams were holding on to much either, but I don't think the Cardinals victory was that great. The Cardinals just looked flat. I think the Bucks victory was probably their best one in the playoffs. And then, you know, the 49ers suck. I can't believe they even made it that far. So I don't know. I just think the Bengals have beaten better competition to get here. And I'll take the points if I was betting. I, I been betting on the Bengals all year, point. Luke. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, and they're in the Super what's Bowl, your, you fucking total, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you didn't bet on them. In, up to, uh, you didn't bet on them in the playoffs, did you? No, I've been no. betting against them. You bet this 10-7 and seven shit that they were on all season. So Yeah, of course, exactly. Uh, so anybody else? Any other thoughts on, this, on the Super Bowl preview here? Who's the halftime performer? Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Two Chains, Little Bow Wow, Young Money, Drake. Oh, damn. damn. No, Drake? It's, a, it's, a West, it's a West Coast one. It's like Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blouse, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, California. Oh, Kendrick. Yeah. Kendrick. Hell yeah. Okay. I think that'll be better than what they've been putting out for a little while. Hey, I like the weekend. Just kidding. I just like the game. And the no, I like the weekend. I just, I think I had really high expectations for him. It was good, but I think I had really, I mean, nobody will forget the blinding lights bit. He didn't though. sing the awesome demonic songs like Faith and Heartless, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Go to sing blinding lights, blah, blah. Yeah, I, you know, think Be- I think Beyonce is still the, the, the best years. halftime show. No, no, no Bruno, Bruno Mars. Mars. Bruno no, Mars, no, Mars. it's either Prince or Beyonce, hands Bruno down. No Mars, bro. Nah, give me Katy Perry. Give me Katy Perry. What? No, the left shark. That Lady Gaga was better than Katy Perry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you say her name. I, just, I don't. I, I I feel like I haven't watched a lot of halftime shows too. I, I have some, and I remember all. Yeah, of them, it's but... a good time to. Yeah, you know, I remember the one in the drinks, Bucks. Pound drinks and get worried about work the next day. Yeah, the Bucks 2002 Super Bowl. We had Shania Twain, um, Sting. And yeah. no doubt, yeah. that was a great yeah. one. Just do it. And I then you had Janet Jackson again. with her boob the next year. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's Adam Levine's band? What Avril Levine's band? Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Adam. Oh, Adam. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, Maroon Five. Maroon. That, was that Maroon Five? That's the one that sucked, dude. No, but yeah, Chili Peppers really sucked too. Black Eyed Peas. Chili Peppers was two years ago. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you know what the worst one was? It was a Tom Petty. Oh God! It Tom was Petty so was boring. great. Tom Petty is when they were doing the boring halftime shows, like after the Janet Jackson thing. They were like, "Damn, we got to book some old people here." 
But that's what got us the Prince one in the rain. Yeah, no more, rain. no more titties on TV. <laughs> yeah, no more. Not <laughs> okay. Yeah, my parents and our friend and our family friends are like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah, off. yeah. This shit. <laughs> I was actually outside playing football that that, that halftime, and I missed it. But I came back in, and the parents were all really serious. I was, I was like, Luke, "What's going on?" You play football, bro. I, I did when I was. You play football. I did when I was eleven. I think that's what year that was. Um, so. <laughs> This uh, I think we need Taylor Swift soon, like ASAP. Why haven't Ooh. we had a Taylor Swift halftime show? T Swift, I'm actually going to see T Swift. Not really T Swift. Seventeen days. Thank you. Wait, what? I don't understand that. You are seeing Taylor the Swift. T Swift dance party. Oh, okay. All right, I get it. Uh, best dance party. <laughs> best dance party I've been to was Beyonce versus Rihanna. It was pretty great. Whoa. Yeah, that was a good one. Shout out Cheer Up Charlie's in Austin. Uh, Beyonce for sure that night. Really? Seemed like the DJ liked Beyonce better. He wasn't playing the best Rihanna stuff, but hey, don't tell what's the best Beyonce Rihanna stuff? Beyonce has really too like many that. good. Beyonce has too many uh, good hits. Yeah, too, like way Rihanna, too many. Though. Yeah, yeah. And Beyonce sneaks out uh, Destiny's Child in the middle of her halftime show. I mean, like, it's pretty good. Billy's favorite halftime show is when Travis Scott did the uh, SpongeBob reference, right? I don't even know what that is. What? Oh, I got you. They they referenced while Travis Scott was performing. They referenced the SpongeBob Stadium halftime show episode during the actual halftime show. The Bubble Bowl, the Bubble Bowl, yeah, which is a great SpongeBob episode. The winner takes all. They they made that into like a Spotify track too. That's oh really good sweet sweet victory. Yeah. Oh, all right. On Spotify? Yeah, I think so. I was playing the office the other day, and we use a Spotify playlist, so. Cool. Sweet victory. It should be on there. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about the Super Bowl for now. I think uh, I'm definitely rooting for the Bengals. Uh, Los, Angeles, Los Angeles does not deserve a Super Bowl in their first season. Hey, last dance. Pod bet. I'll do pod it. Bet on the Bengals. I'll oh, do it. Going? I'll do it, but, but I, need to, I need a bookie because Carlos, what's our... Nah, gonna he's, done, he's doing it through the Super Bowl. He'll make one more. Well, let's do it. I think so. I think so. I don't know. I need to lose more money. We're gonna have to pay Tony nah. cash, right? Venmo doesn't work anymore. Well, we're gonna talk about Send that in a Venmo. second. Is, Car- I, is Carlos muted? Is he available? I'm, I no, no, no. I'm here. I'm listening. And no, I'm not going to Super Bowl, Billy. I'm. Uh, I, I got a self-imposed travel ban. I, I don't. I don't plan on traveling anywhere until after March, when my leg is perfectly okay. Because as much as I love to get uh, special treatment from airlines. It's also kind of annoying to travel that way. Wow. Heard. Makes total sense. Bathroom. In fact, you're a trooper for doing it before. Yeah, it's hard to keep the door shut with one leg. He's got a he's got a prop it or something. I don't know. Anyway. Right. Uh, what about this Venmo stuff? We're looking for a little bit of the bookie update here with Venmo and uh, some stock market conversation. Any updates on the China hey, bank deal? Uh, yeah, hold on, hold on. He's got to he's got to get his notes. We got to make sure he's prepared. No, no, no. So this is what's going on. Uh, I don't know how long you guys have personally known me, but my bookie for quite a bit has been a gentleman that uh, I've I know through my boy. Uh, let's call him Friss to uh, protect his identity. And um, the guy's name is Steve. Now Steve owns a pizza joint. I've actually been to this place four times. It's somewhere in the uh, Gulf Coast, uh, Southeast Naples area, right? 
I've never seen this guy sell a fucking pie in the four times I've been there. In fact, I don't even think those ovens turn on. I think he bought like fucked up ovens <laughs> and just keeps them yeah, there. Right. So that he like keeps money in it. To, huh? Burn the money. I don't know he if he keeps money, money in it. I just think if they come in like, hey, is this an actual business? Yeah, dude, I got ovens and shit. But I mean, I, I think he bought like broken ones. I'll fall for that there. one again. <laughs> and just keeps them there for appearances to basically um uh basically let's let's just say uh onboard all this uh gambling money legally into the banking system uh interestingly enough one of the one of the things that has happened with our uh, look this is not i'm not making any, any political grandstanding here but let's just say the current administration has taken a bit of a bit of a hard line against electronic payments and crypto and cryptocurrency. Rondo, god damn it! Yeah, they're making a lot of friends. So many and, friends uh, and cryptocurrency. So now they have uh, basically instilled reporting requirements on and and if you have pay basically payments over six hundred dollars, which used to be the ten ninety nine reporting threshold for person to person payments, but now if you're doing those electronically. Um, in Venmo, in Cash App, in what? Well, I don't even know if there's other payment apps, right? Like PayPal. Yeah, you always it. try to make me use Zelle, but I think that's that's different. Yeah, Zelle's probably the only one that's not doing it because Zelle's bank to bank, so they already have your information on file, if you will, right? PayPal um, is peer to peer. Nope, it's bank to bank too. Yeah, but it's also peer to peer. It's its own payments environment, right? Fair. Um, so basically, they they've started gathering information as you log Excuse into these me, apps. And the... uh, he's going on mute. Go ahead, Chloe. <laughs> so if you've logged into these apps in the past month and a half, you've gotten uh, basically KYC emails or or KYC screens. Hey, we're gonna freeze your funds, or no payments are gonna happen until you verify your identity. Blah blah blah. This is so that they have updated addresses, contact information, social security numbers, et cetera, to issue these payments. Now, what happens? Let's say, and I'm going to use hypothetical numbers here, right? But let's say you're Joe Schmo, who makes $100,000 a year, of which 30 grand gets, to use round numbers here, 30 grand gets the tax. So you have basically 70K of quote unquote legal money flowing into your bank accounts. But now you get a Venmo statement saying that, hey, now you process another 40000 into your bank accounts from third parties, third parties, other people paying you. So how did you go from making, you know, your 70 grand free and clear from your business, from your job or whatever the fuck, into making basically 110, 120 uh, with extra cash? What are you doing on the side? Why, why aren't you paying taxes on it? So Frizz, my uh, basically my agent or my bookies agent, right? The guy that would collect from me and, uh, and, and my buddies and, and our gambling tree, if you will. He said, uh, and um, Frizz has, you know, kids, a family, and he's a professional. Um, he says the juice is not worth the squeeze anymore. So effective the end of the Super Bowl, we are no longer, we no longer have access to Pizza Man's book. We are all cut off. Um, thank you for that, uh, current administration. 
Ugh, some makes people blame me, mad. Some me, people mad blame me and I'll, time. I'll take it. I uh, don't like it. Uh, it is your what? fault. It's over with. We're done. <laughs> Honestly, are these people going to have any voters left? Like, who voted Who voted for them that's excited about it right now? Just oh, say, stop, stop playing that it wasn't me, kid. I'm not saying it Fuck wasn't me. You, I, voted, I voted for the Biden administration. If we want to place this blame on them, that's partially my fault. I voted for the worst, man. You're the worst shit in the seven (laughs) kingdoms. (laughs) Uh, Chloe, what about the China Bank? Uh, Are you talking about Evergrande? Yeah. No updates on that. Actually, interestingly enough, what's affecting the market right now is uh, our good old friends in uh, in the Kremlin, right? We are (laughs) de facto uh, Cold War status. Uh, with uh, financial with Russia. Cold war yeah yeah hell we have americans who are buying airplane tickets and this is why i love the second amendment people and going to basically uh the ukraine as soldiers of fortune oh, right? are they ready really to, the ukraine signed them up shit down oh my god they need to make a movie about these guys wow um i Patriots, hope michael bay is sort of out there somewhere because yeah. i want that movie too I want a Tropic Thunder version. Uh, well, if we got Adam McKay would be the guy for that, I'll settle for either version, bro. That's perfect. Or both. I'm a movie guy. Yeah, I'm big on it. I, can we get the like, – yeah, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, so I guess what's happening is they're talking about restricting – uh, you'll have to remind me the name of it. Uh, there's like the way that they transfer money between banks internationally, and it would right. affect Europe in the United States. And so right. everyone's but that's worried. A double-edged, that's a double-edged weapon, and here's why. Right. This is why Russia loves calling our bluff, right? Because if we say... Because they're Russian EU, and they'll do it. If we say, okay, EU and the United States are taking Russia off the SWIFT list, that also means we can't buy energy from like a country that produces, I want to say just north of over a fifth, nearly a third of the, the energy in the in the world, or who has control de facto by like puppet governments, right? Because Russia finances Venezuela, who's also a large energy producer. So if you uh if you basically fuck with how Russia gets paid, Russia is not afraid to basically brown out the European Union, right? Shut down the gas lines, the pipelines. And if there's one thing that you guys, well, a lot of people aren't really aware of, the uh, European Union uh, energy grid is very, very frail. It's very old. it's so bad. So they can can literally uh, kill 100,000 people just by freezing them to death. Not to mention... In my opinion, you know, based on what I know from a little bit of cybersecurity knowledge, Russia and China have ransomware in a significant number of corporations and malware laying dormant in utilities and other strategic places. And honestly, the tools that they have for cybersecurity don't know, and they're just waiting to flip the switch. You know, we're on a nice chessboard where everybody's got each other by the balls. That's for sure. But uh, I just don't I don't I don't know. Uh, what, what's, here's my question. And this is sort of like a, you know, what do you think about foreign affairs issue here? But why, why are we caught in the middle of a Ukraine Russia battle? You know, is it just because we want to keep troops in Ukraine and near the border or what's the deal? 
Um, it's well to put it in the. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that that Chappelle skit. Russia's a habitual line stepper, right? Like yeah. you draw a line, and they willingly just to see or to to get a reaction. Of course, cross it, right? We told them not to annex Crimea. They annex Crimea. We're telling them not to invade Ukraine. They're fucking sending troops to the border. I mean, it's funny. I'm actually reading translated Russian newspapers for shits and giggles. There is like Jesus, is Klo actually cultured? Wow. Nearly 100 year old jet retired Russian generals, war hawks, people who would like gladly go fucking die at the border of Ukraine, saying, you know what? Fuck the United States, send all our tanks to the border and let's see what they do. And it is the most. <laughs> It's the most hilarious shit when you go down and then into the comment section and you see everybody's like, go mother Russia, go Russia. And I wish we were as like the United States, we were as united as a people as the Russian government is right. Or the Russian people are right now in wanting to basically reform the Soviet bloc. Okay. All right. But come on. Hey, they're back. Come come on now. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't think that. Russia's entirely united on that front. I think there's a lot of criticism of the government in Russia. Uh, you know, specifically is is it's is it Mulvaney? Mulvaney? Uh, you know, I think there's quite a bit of of support for the dissenting regime that's saying like we should stop some of this. But they just they don't get they don't speak out on these Ukrainian issues because you're right about that. The Russians hate the free Ukrainians for sure. Uh, look, it's also not in your best interest. Another thing that Russia has shown absolute disregard for is not giving a fuck about like foreign boundaries. If you become a nuisance, you will literally have polonium in your tea, whether you're in France, Britain, or fucking Jersey, right? They'll find a way to do it. Um, it's 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 a crazy time we're living in, but Russia's reach is long, dude. Fucking long. Well, and I heard, you know, it depends on what you think about climate change, but I've heard if a lot of the climate does change in the way that these scientists say that Russia has a bunch of agriculture land that's going to be really fruitful um, as the weather and the climate change, they may become another top food producer in the world. So I think they're just set up good. Maybe we should start learning Russian and reading some more newspapers or something. Um, I think it's time for a NOFAP. Um special nofap update this week in my attempts to find out for listeners you know if nofap works you know we a couple of us have tried it we've reported back on the pod we're we're wondering about these superpowers um i've just i've I've found a new version of nofap that i think is sort of somewhere in the middle that could be good for people out there because we know you know pornography releases a shit ton of dopamine in your brain very quickly um if you watch porn too much you can sometimes have sexual dysfunction uh so i thought well hey what if we just go no porn instead of no fap and uh see how that works out i've got to say i think you should try it uh no no porn fap is it's a pretty good deal it's uh it's a different experience has anybody else uh you know gone on on and off again with the porn so I've, uh, I'm actually doing this at the moment, and you're absolutely right. Uh, you'd be surprised how many how much time you get back from not having to uh, wank off, you know, every three or four hours. Um, and also, 
surprisingly, the level of clarity that you do get when you're not thinking about that shit. Because, and and mind you, I haven't done it perfectly. I've fallen off the wagon a couple times, but it's it's you know it's not it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get up again. Doctor right? John says everything in moderation. Yeah, I, I actually like that approach too. I do agree with the, um, the release of the chemicals when you watch stuff like porn because it simulates, um, obviously, you know, very stimulating from the from what you're watching and, and how, you know, it's basically just kind of flooding you all at once as opposed to simulating a real situation, whether it's in your mind or with an image of something else that's not porn related, but you're kind of using it as um, sort of a... A trigger. I, I I do think that that could be a more effective approach, especially instead of just people who um, are trying to just do it less overall in general. It's a good way to transition um, out of out of just you know the habit of, of watching porn all the time. I don't know. Like I, I think that's a uh, that makes it, it's different for everyone, but I do think that, that there's merit to why that would be effective. So surprising oh, side effect. I I like basically deleted or unsubscribe from. I want to say 87 subreddit paid OnlyFans. Seven, <laughs> you were funding so many. So, only wow. Hey. I know. Wait, I what's the average? Is it's that like an average? It's it's of it's it's a month? Hold up, hold up, hold up. So I am now saving an extra $212 a month. That I had wow. just, you know, you sign up. And you just click, and it was on auto subscribe. And then I'm like, "Well, how much is this costing me?" So I went to my city account. Fuck, dude. Fuck. God. And Ramona just got your password. I bet he's pissed. Hey, brother Carlos, let's give it a hand, everybody. <laughs> brother Carlos, yeah. <laughs> he's he's funding college and life changes. We're so for proud us. of you. Yeah, that's You're although so strong. <laughs> Damn, Love they the they lost you. Uh, they were like, "Damn, lost another one to NoFap." Shit, they probably hate that website uh, or that subreddit. Uh, no, yeah. hold, hold. Here's the here's the fucking thing, man. And these, I don't know if it's the actual people themselves or if it's like a platform thing. When you else subscribe, they bombard you with like personalized, "Hey, baby, here's oh, free content," or like, "Here's a discount," blah blah blah. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? The actual fuck. <laughs> that's actually why i didn't fully decommit okay. I, was able to, I was able to rope a a, a a significant discount to a one-year subscription oh he got one back hey, this, I'll, got I'll, I'll back file in. this in the in the case files for the simp police so yeah and he's gonna end know. up he's gonna God end up it. getting his dolphins season <laughs> tickets renewed the same way they're gonna be back in the dms like hey well, look, that's that's getting fucked in a different kind of way they all i'm used to that um yeah, I, how about this is a business model idea? What if we created a um, social sharing and social media content platform and we spread these uh, OnlyFans girls out over different sites, but basically we get them more viewers and more interaction and, you know, we kind of like manage them and we get a little cut. Uh, does that make us like OnlyFans pimps and can we do it? Uh, you're, you're basically describing my Colombian business partner, brother. Damn, somebody beat me too. Nice. Yeah, well, we can talk about that off air because I don't want to put his business out like that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I was doing it as a theoretical, but I, I'm curious to hear more about it. Okay, uh, look, so I'm going to give you the highlights, very high level so that we can actually pinpoint it. Homie has a building, 12 units with the penthouse at the top. The penthouse is for him to visit. 
he keeps a lady who's like his the manager of the entire operation. The rest of the rooms, there's 10 of them, are not rented. They are basically given for free to Ooh. beautiful, beautiful college-aged Colombian girls, 18 to 23, or whatever the whole, I think that's the college-age range over there. And they uh, they don't have to pay rent. How they pay him back, they have, they have to commit to uh, six and a half hours a day or six, six days out of the week doing camp shows, right? Um, and six hours a day, and basically a lot of fapping. It's like having hold on time out, it's like having a job, but um, he pays for like upkeep, right? There's a lady that goes in there and does the nails for all of them, and like bullshit, like you know, oh, I want to do my hair or do whatever the fuck, right? So it's got some benefits. There's certain expenses that don't come out of their, their you know, their life now. He also gives them some pocket money, but he's getting paid in crypto. And he's been doing this. He's been doing this going back five years. When I tell you this guy is rolling in crypto money, it's fucking ridiculous, bro. I thought crypto's worthless at this point. Oh my god, Billy. If he got it five years ago. Only only the shit you're buying, Billy. Yeah, but I, yeah, nobody's it's yeah. funny because you bought it from me. But think about how much crypto <laughs> think about how much crypto he's been pulling in over a five year period with ten rooms, six and a half hours a day. Oh man. Uh it and and uh yeah, sex Doesn't workers matter. sex workers just deserve rights. They should they should legalize it, and give them rights, give them health care. Um doesn't okay. matter, we suck. I would say the other benefit of the nofap situation is uh you know little little maybe maybe a little more connection to self maybe you feel more of it you're not so distracted and I know a lot of people if they they have anxiety or depression or stress you know that can become a coping mechanism and then you're kind of you're just mixing so much uh, stimulation together. Um, so I think that's actually the move. I think these guys that are on there you know maybe they're breaking a pornography addiction and that's what the benefits that they feel in their life. I just, I just can't come to the point where I say that on, on some level that masturbation is unhealthy for you. I just don't agree. So uh, jury's still out, but uh, there's an update in some science, I guess, something. Uh, I don't know if we have any way to close out. Is this, is this just the end? This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. You guys want me to sing Meet Me at Our Spot? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, let me see. It's fucking Rainbow Land, bro. When I wake up, I can't even stay up. I slept through the day. Fuck, I'm not getting younger. But when I'm older, I'll be so much stronger. I'll stay up for longer. Yeah, you're right, John. The song sucks. (laughs) 